Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in it's picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25, picks up a block at the 30, to the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws, he's got a man out there, Enzo, touchdown to Kermire, Marvin Jones. Drink it in. Drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in, man. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Oakry, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast for a Wednesday. Oh, I'm so frustrated. Uh, That was just a, a very tough game against the Saints. The Detroit Lions were healthy. The Saints were not. The Lions came out 14-zip. They gave up, what, 35 unanswered points. And before you knew it, this game uh, got out of hand. Lions make a late comeback and uh, fall short. You know, not able to get off the field on third down. Not able to do what they need to to try to win this game late. So, you know, real frustrated. Everybody's up in arms about Matt Patricia Bob Quinn, uh, everybody just not satisfied, one and three, heading into the bye week. Yeah, you've got some teams that are a little bit, you know, less than uh, after the bye, but, you know, there just hasn't been consistent football. And and I went crazy a couple weeks ago here on the show about how I had seen enough and these guys aren't playing with effort and this isn't good football. Then they came out and battled against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Well, uh, we're back to, you know, not only less fight, I felt like, but just kind of bad play by number nine and, you know, bad play on defense. And and I don't know. I don't know how to fix it, to be honest. So, you know, what what we're going to do on the show today, again, no Grifka today, no Waffle Maker. Going to do a solo show. And, uh, you know, I put out on Twitter, I kind of want to just talk to you guys about you know, if you're moving on from Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, what does that mean? You know, what players do I feel are kind of the the building blocks? I mean, I think the hardest thing is that this team has been so built for this scheme, you know, in regards to, you know, they just, they just got these big linebackers. They got people that play the New England system. So if you get rid of the two New England guys, I don't know how you, you know, make a quick flip to something else. I feel like that's a pretty drastic, not only change, but it's just going to be hard to flip the roster and make the roster work. But maybe some of these players are just good players. They're just not being put in position or not being coached properly. I, I don't know what it is. So, you know, we'll go through some of that as well, of just maybe who those players are and what it might look like to 
you know, just to, to retool this team. So, you know, like I say, everybody right now is just kind of, you know, get rid of Matt Patricia, get rid of Bob Quinn, do it now. And I get it, you know, I get the frustration. I mean, people on Twitter will see me sort of back up some of these guys or give them, you know, a little bit of support online about certain things. But if you look at a lot of my tweets at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E, you'll see, you'll see me always say like the wins aren't there, you know, and it's, in my opinion, it's been long enough. You know, you, this isn't a year in when people want to get rid of them. This isn't two years in when you should have seen, you know, progress, but you had all the injuries, especially to your quarterback. And this is a quarter away through year three, and the defense is just so bad, so bad. I mean, you watch other NFL games. I mean, not only do they have explosive playmakers on both sides of the ball, but, like, on, on defense, you see these guys that, you know, they they just they play solid football. They don't give up, you know, 18, 20-yard passes, like, so easily like the Lions have been doing. They don't you know, get sliced up for 35 points against a depleted team when you came out hot out the gate on offense. I mean, it's just, it's just very disconcerting to watch the defense. So, you know, I I don't, I don't argue that we should have more wins. I don't don't sit here and say, oh, you know, give them more time because, you know, I feel like you could easily ride out the year. You know, the Lions MO has usually been to ride out the year not make any drastic changes, and then sort of go from there. And I feel like that's probably what happens here. I mean, I, I feel like if you really want not only a rebuild, but new new GM, new coach, but not a, just a – I know people want to say, like, hey, I have a horrible record, maybe get one of these new quarterbacks. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know that – you know, three wins or something is really going to be what everybody's looking for. So I think this is probably like a five to seven win team at this point, hopefully more in the six, six, seven, maybe even eight range. You know, if you beat some of those teams that are supposedly, you know, not as good as you on paper, but I I say just, you know, ride out this regime. I, I can't see them doing much at this point to sort of show, that they need to return, but I could definitely see enough to just sort of play out the string, win some ball games, play a little bit better. You know, they're going to be inconsistent, no doubt about it. And then, you know, make your change as early as you want to in the off season. You know, again, it's going to come down to roster, you know, how are you going to change that roster? I mean, when I think about some of the, the building blocks of the players, I think are just legit good players on the Lions. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you start with number nine, the quarterback. He's a good quarterback. You know, you saw me also on Twitter kind of question, you know, would it would it kill the guy to to, to just go off one of these days? Would it, would it kill Matt Stafford to show a little bit more emotion like he used to back in his first couple of years? Uh, good and bad. You know, hey, throw some touchdowns you know, show a little bit more moxie, a little bit more swag. And then when stuff's not going well, you know, dump over the Gatorade bottle at some point or get up to the podium and say, hey, not only was I not good enough, this whole team needs to get better. And, uh, you know, you don't have to call out individual players, individual plays, but you could say, hey, you know, I, I need I need better play across the board. 
this is inexcusable. You know, the effort has to be better. The, you know, we got to get this fixed and, and say it with some conviction. So, you know, everybody gets the, gets the memo. You know, you can say you do this behind the scenes all the time, but most good leaders have come out a couple times and really put their team, their organization, and other people that need to be on notice. You know, not, not always 100% behind the scenes or the, um, 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 well, I got to play better. Well, I like to have those back. Um, well, you know, it's not, you know, we want to be better. We want to win. You know, all this stuff that you hear every week, it's like, you know, not only instead of saying you want to win, like, how are you going to win? How are you going to be better? Matt Stafford, instead of saying I'd I'd like a couple back and just assuming that every game you're going to, you're going to miss two touchdowns or you're going to miss a deep ball. How about either just make that play or have a better answer than, um, you know, it's a couple I like to have back, obviously. Just hold yourself to a higher standard out in the public, you know? Man, I got to be better. That's a horrible throw by me. Like, that cost us the game. That cost us points. You know, those are the type of things I'd like to hear from him. So, you know, it, it starts with him. You know, other players in the offense that I that I do like, regardless of scheme, coaches, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, they got to decide what they're going to do with Kenny Galladay. I, I feel like he's still a player worth keeping around. Yeah, he's not a big separator. Yeah, he's not a speed guy. But he can play. So, you can keep Kenny Galladay here at a, at a good price. I think that you should do so you know, rather than leaving the covered bear at wide receiver. You know, TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson can play. I mean, this guy is a guy that he just doesn't get enough football. Seriously, this year he's caught everything. He's open a lot. He does a lot of nice things for this team, and he sees maybe five footballs a game. You know, that needs to be eight. That needs to be ten at times. And it's just been very inconsistent getting him the football. You know, DeAndre Swizzle, DeAndre Swift. I mean, this guy's a ball player, man. This guy's this guy's smooth. This guy's silky. This guy has burst. This guy can catch. I think every time, other than the one ball against Chicago, he's made some incredible catches on slants or, you know, these these wheel route type things that he's running. Balls that aren't even the best footballs. He's, he's snatching them up with no problem. You know, getting yards after the catch, you know, just – Get him the ball more. Use him as your Kamara. I mean, come on. This guy is a heck of a talent and somebody that needs to be featured more, no doubt about it. You know, um, gosh, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, uh, obviously you got Decker in the fold on the offensive line, Frank Rag now. But, you know, just thinking out loud here, you know, I, I don't see many other players you know, that I really want to build around or that I think are dynamic or, you know, those are pretty much it. So take those four or five players, Swift, Hawkinson, Stafford, and, you know, Kenny, and you just sort of build off that. You know, yeah, you've got some some role players that can can do some things, but I'm talking about the main guys. And then when you look to defense, you know, on defense, it's tough. You know, I, I hate to say it, but like I like I also put out online, Jelani Tavai to me is a guy that he can't play. You know, Jelani Tavai can't play the 2020 NFL game. He's too slow. He 
just his processing isn't isn't right. And I don't know what it's gonna, you know, you hate to move on from a high second round pick like that, but it's pretty obvious that he can't get it done. So, you know, I feel like you need to sort of move on from that. You need to retool this roster for 2020 when you move on from this regime, probably, which is faster linebackers, you know, guys that, um, guys that can cover better guys that can get after the quarterback better from the linebacker and defensive line. You know, I'm very close to, to just admitting or being done with, Trey Flowers, you know, I feel like Trey Flowers is a very solid player. He does some nice things, but he doesn't do enough dynamic things to warrant 18 million. And it's been consistent now that he just kind of almost gets there or, you know, he has the size and measurables and want to, but he, he's not that, you know, he's that quiet, you know, ho-hum kind of leader as well. You know, I don't see him firing the troops up or being a guy that's going to lead this team or be on the talk shows and be that just absolute ace of the defense. So, you know, from him, it's like we got him for another three, four years, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think he's a, a dead set building block either. So, you know, when I look at building blocks again, you know, I'm looking at guys like, you know, Tracy Walker, you know, has been used, uh, you know, sparingly. I had some some things to say about him as well, just kind of his inconsistencies or his ability to, you know, cover consistently or get his hands on footballs. You know, we still haven't seen that really at a high level. But if you're asking me to project forward, like Tracy Walker's a guy that I think can can be a building block. You know, he's a really lanky athletic safety that has a lot of grit grime to him a a dog as I would say from mentality but he just has to make more plays I mean Jeff Okuda you know what's the stat right now going around oh he's the 109th out of 109th corners in all of football via PFF you know when you hear me come on the show and say PFF you know they watch every game they watch every play they grade everything out like it's a very good resource I believe but, you know, Jeff Okuda is a really good player. He has a really good mindset. And, you know, he's just, I think he's not only in a bad scheme right now, he's just just having those really early rookie issues, which we've seen before. And then guys come around and, and make a big leap. I mean, let's go back to Darius Slay. No good, you know, his first year, year and a half. Just kind of there. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's an all-pro, you know, one of the top corners in the game. So I think you'd see the same from Jeff Okuda. And gosh, I don't even, I don't even know where you go with some of the other, some of the other players. Everybody else seems to be an aging vet or just kind of a middle-of-the-road guy, not somebody that I really, you know, necessarily want to build on. So I I think you're looking at, at Walker, Okuda. You know, if if you want to lump Flowers in based on his, his salary, his size, you know, you 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 could, but he hasn't produced. And then you know the guys, the young guys that I had pinned my hopes on, like Deshaun Hand, the linebackers, like we talked about. You know, um, it's just it's just not there. I mean, even Justin Coleman, like he's the high one of the higher paid slots, and he hasn't impressed me that much either with what he's done here in a Lions uniform. He's just been inconsistent, hit or miss, not enough plays. So, 
you know, you got a couple guys to, to build on. And, and like I say, when you don't have any defensive tackles, any defensive ends, any impact linebackers, you know, only one impact young corner and, and a, a back end safety, like that's not going to get it done. You know, that's not going to give you a dynamic, good defense. And that's what the Lions are seeing right now. You know, like I say, if it's Sean Hand would have come along, if Danny Shelton was a real force, if uh, Flowers and O'Quarr were rolling, if you had Jared Davis, Tavai, and R- Jamie Collins, you had a couple, you know, that's the kind of defense I was hoping for is all these guys would be on the same page. The scheme would be right finally, and they get it going. But I just don't, I just don't see it. So if you've only got a couple guys that I'd really, you know, make a priority to keep around on defense, you know, offense, you got, you know, four or five uh, plus guys that I think have been, you know, uh, you can build on. And also I have upside for, you know, they haven't shown me yet that they either can't play or that they just, you know, are too old. You know, you've got some young building blocks there. So that's a good thing. But lots of lots of work to do on this roster, no doubt about it. So anyway, like I say, this is more of a football show. I told you guys I'd sort of try to break that down. Let's go ahead and take a break, get our sponsors in here. When we come back, just going to finish this out. You know, want to talk about where we go from here, what the rest of the season might look like, as well as uh, any answers I might have of how to uh, turn the ship around quick. Maybe some coaching candidates that would be interesting. Uh, you know, maybe a way to to retool this roster with a few draft picks that could really be impactful with this upcoming draft. You know, ways to get it straight, as well as maybe a some some Detroit Kool Aid for the people on the way out of of what the season could turn into if all goes well, and kind of the uh, the Honolulu blue and silver lining of this whole thing um, if if they can get it turned around. So everybody, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk about that when we come back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? I am back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. Always really happy to have Spotify, Anchor Podcast, all the other great sponsors here on the show. Uh, as you guys can tell, I'm kind of recording differently this week. Again, it's a solo show. Beginning of the show, I kind of broke down uh, where you're at with this team, You know what's going on with the roster, um, as well as just, are you, are you fed up? Do you want to hang in there? You know, where are you at with that? So on the back part of the show, let's kind of get into some more, you know, solutions. You know, talked about the current players, current situation. Let's kind of see maybe where we could go. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down some some possible coaching candidates, just some names, uh, some of my quick thoughts on those guys. So you guys keep an eye on if they do make a change. I'll also throw out, I made a a board here in the DTO scouting office that's the 21 NFL draft 
Um, so just some very early names that I just put on that. So I'll rifle those off to you and kind of let you know what I'm thinking before we obviously get into, you know, a lot of teams having started up in college football yet, you know, uh, Michigan football getting ready to kick off in a couple weeks, go blue. And, uh, like you say, I really don't get into a lot of these prospects until after the season and, and combine time and, and after their testing and all that. But we'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about 21, 2021 NFL free agents. I even have a little board for that where I put a few names up, um, guys that might fit the current Lions team. But like you say, where are you guys at right now? Are you at a, a full overhaul? Just get rid of everybody, scrap the roster, start over. Or do you want to build off what they currently have? So before I get into those three items, I, I guess I just want to say, like, I know this is going to sound like I'm, I'm on both sides of the fence, kind of like, I don't know, kind of like the waffle maker often does on this show. You know who he is, Grifka, where he'll say, like, oh, I, I don't want the Lions to lose, but I think they'll lose. You know, I, I guess I'm I guess I'm there right now where I'm fine to move on from this regime. You know, I, I feel like I continue to see the same issues. I do feel like it's more on the players more so. It's not like Matt Pat doesn't know how to coach. It's not like Patricia doesn't know how to win. It's not like Bob Quinn didn't come from a scouting staff that, you know, always seemed to find those diamonds in the rough. Of course, they had their misses as every team does, but he obviously came up the right way when it comes to scouting, drafting, acquiring players, all that type of thing. So, you know, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. I just feel like whatever they have been doing just isn't coming together. You know, it's year five for Bob Quinn, year three plus for Matt Patricia. And what do we have? You know, I thought we had young, hungry players. It feels like we have guys that can't cover, can't tackle, and can't make enough plays on offense to win ball games. So I'm fine to move on, but I'm also here to say that I think the most prudent thing to do is just sort of ride this season out, try to win anywhere from, like I said earlier, five games, maybe all the way up to six, seven, eight plus ball games. And then you can still move forward if you feel like everything's not in place. You know, I think people would just be up in arms if they just bring back everybody and act like everything's fine. Even if you ripped off a bunch of wins here after the bye week and, and end up winning, you know, seven, eight you know, even nine games and missing the playoffs. Like, I don't know that it's going to be okay unless the football is totally consistent and, and top notch, which I just don't see happening. So the easiest route though, to me is to ride out the staff in the meantime, come up with your game plan, decide, you know, even, even if you ride out the staff, like I wouldn't be opposed to considering trading Kenny Galladay. If you don't want to pay him to get some draft assets, I wouldn't be opposed if a contender really needs a, a quarterback and, and you want to move on from Matt Stafford, you could still do all those things with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn in place. And then you're acquiring assets. You're kind of turning over your roster. You're keeping the same staff so that you don't have to, you know, teach in this crazy offseason. You don't have to reteach what they're currently doing. You can try to still be competitive each and every week but also move this thing forward. And then, you know, in that scenario, you could still get rid of the GM and the coach and hopefully at that point do it right in the beginning of the off season and get a top, top level candidate from a head coach perspective, as well as a, a legitimate GM, you know, let's get Rod Wood out of here too, the, the family friend and let's get a, 
a president, a head of football um, operations, or, you know, just under the team owner type of guy that can really, you know, get this thing steered in the right direction. So that that's kind of how I'd go. I'd sort of keep them on, but sort of, you know, if the right opportunities, I'm not trading Matt Stafford for a bucket of balls. I'm not getting rid of Kenny Galladay for, for not some high end draft resources, but Hey man, if you pony up for those guys and I feel like moving on is going to help me in the future, as well as, you know, give a guy like Matt Stafford another place where he can sink his teeth into and play football for the next three to five years. Yeah. I, I would do it for the betterment or the organization and, and, you know, like I say, you just, I don't know what you gain from getting rid of everybody in week. So it looks like they're not going to do it now. So let's say what, what week seven, week eight, halfway through the season, you're going to boot everybody out and, and then, you know, do what we had last year, which I have to watch eight to 10 football games, depending on when you do it of just, you know, a mess of, uh, you know, new coach, you know, uh, players aren't on board, you know, maybe you got some injuries still and you're just not able to win it. So, uh, you know, like I say, I'd sort of ride it out, make, make moves as you need to, and don't promise them anything about 2021. And if they shock us all and they win a bunch of games and every week we're playing good defense, scoring, you know, 25 plus points a game on offense, you know, running the football like a hard-nosed football team should, hey, that's the scenario. That's the Detroit Kool-Aid where you're like, hey, it took way too long to get it going, but we got it going and we think we can sustain it and we think we can, you know, um, this plan is finally coming to fruition. So those are the two sides of the coin. Now, let's talk about coaching candidates. The name everybody wants to talk about is Eric Bieniemy from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, everybody's favorite football team. They draw up the craziest plays every week. They put up crazy points. They won a Super Bowl. They're doing big things over there in Kansas City. But we don't have Patrick Mahomes. I know there's a lot of people out there that love Matt Stafford. I've been a supporter of Matt Stafford. I don't know if I, I love him, think he's the greatest thing ever because – He's consistently having too many times where he's, oh, I just missed him. Oh, I want to have that back. Oh, you know, I talked about that earlier in the show. It's like, I'm getting sick of it. I'm also getting sick of the podium, the same old, same old. Okay, your teammates think you're a great guy and a a pretty good leader. Great, but Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, like Tua Tungavailoa, I think will be like this. You know, there's multiple guys in the NFL who are just winners. And they just go out and, and win and they're still talented and they make plays every single Sunday in the biggest situation. So, you know, Biennemi, I think, is a good candidate. He's, he's do a job. You know, would he want to come here? I don't know. I mean, right now we have a good offense, but if you don't bring back Kenny, you've got basically no receivers heading into next year. You know, DeAndre Swift's a nice piece, but it's not like we have a dominant run game. So he's not going to be able to do the same things unless you ink up Kenny, keep Stafford, and Biennemi thinks that he can do – Similar things with a, a revamped Lions offense and those type of playmakers as the key cogs. But like I say, he's an interesting candidate. I, he, he's a fiery guy. That's what I like about him. He's a get in your face, tell you how you feel. And obviously he's smart and uh, has an offensive game. So being, I mean, you know, everybody wants him. He's kind of the top name, but you know, Lions often don't take the top name or when they do, it's the top name that everybody thinks is perfect and it never works. So we'll see. The next one, I mean, the the this is Grifka logic again. This is why we should get this guy because his name is Wink. 
Wink Martindale, he goes by. I mean, if, if that's not a reason to hire the guy, I don't know what is. His name is freaking Wink. He wears a big old gold chain down there in Baltimore, and he coaches up crazy defenses. Like, you got to love Wink Martindale. So he'd be on my list. I mean, Robert Sala is the, is the big candidate from uh, – well, he's still over in San Francisco, I believe. He's a big – jacked up bald dude that you always see whooping it up on the sideline I mean my problem with him is I mean what he's been coaching for a handful of years never been a head guy I mean he's gonna have the same type of problems Matt Patricia did is like okay you're great as a special teams coach defensive coordinator whatever your history is but when you're made the CEO of the team you come in and you want to change everything facilities diet training practice habits roster you know, you're trying to do all this stuff that you never had to deal with, especially all the headaches with some of these players. Like, it's a whole different ball game than just trying to be a coordinator, you know, at a certain level. So I just think I don't really want to deal. I mean, yeah, the enemy's going to have that as well. But it, I don't know. Salah and the enemy, they just worry me because, yeah, maybe he's the next greatest thing. And then he's also maybe a guy that's going to go through all the same road bumps we always do when we're trying to find the nexus thing here in Detroit. So I don't know. It's interesting. I like his fire as well. So that would be a, a, a curious one. Lincoln Riley is always a name you hear from Oklahoma. They're obviously having their struggles. What Oklahoma lost it to, you know, just uh, garbage can teams. I, I, I don't know what's going on down there, but he's got crazy offense. Seems like a smart guy. Seems like he'd be a Lions-type fit when it comes to a head coach of a trendy name, you know, a guy that maybe wants to, you know, get a a big payday coming to be a head coach in the NFL for a certain amount of time. Seems to have the temperament, you know, that Matt Stafford would do well with if we're going to keep number nine. Here's the quarterback for the next three, four years. So Lincoln Riley is an option, maybe not the greatest option, and yep. I had to put him on the list. Me and Grifka argued about him, but hey, let's say your the season does tank. Let's say you're picking at the top of the draft, but not the top. So Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone. Would I endorse possibly, potentially, maybe bringing in Urban Meyer if he wanted to coach and we could get Justin Fields and you could redo the team and turn it into a crazy 2021 NFL team that runs the option, runs all these crazy plays, you know, plays that winning type of football that Urban Meyer usually plays. Would I be open to that for, I don't know, three to five years, try to get this thing turned around? I would because I'm so frustrated. I just want to win dang ball games. I want to see the Lions do well. So if Urban Meyer wanted to do that for the Detroit Lions, we would pay him handsomely. He could have his quarterback. He could have some of his players. We obviously have lots of Ohio State players here, which also hurts my heart. I would be open to it. All right. So so those are coaching candidates. I mean, again, I'm not going to break down the systems. I'm not going to get into all the read off their history for you. You know who those guys are. I'm really curious who the Lions fans and One Pride out there on Twitter might want to have as well. But those are just some names that you know, are out there. Obviously, there's going to be other candidates. And any time it comes to NFL head coaching, it's usually the guy you've never heard of that either does well or comes out of the woodwork when all this really happens. So those are just the big names that everybody will be talking about. So keep keep those in mind. Let's go to the draft, my favorite thing. So I broke it down. I've got a lot of the prospects up by position. You know, I've got some different 
rankings that I've got up, but these are just a couple of names that I plucked off for different positions that I'm interested in. And they're, they're kind of by position group. So when I was looking at the lions, this was before we started this season, the, the main positions of need, in my opinion, were wide receiver. You know, I think we still need, I, I put offensive tackle here because I didn't know what they were going to do with Taylor Decker. Obviously I wanted them to extend them and they have, um, we've got a little bit of a carousel, a little bit of an issue still on the right side. You know, Crosby's playing well. We paid Vitae. You know, I don't know what all that looks like, but I'm always interested in a, a top-level tackle. So I got that on my board. I've got uh, at least one interior line prospect that, that I wanted to get up there. I've got some quarterbacks. I've got linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, and corner. So those are some of the main spots I kind of – you know, put up as, as somewhat priority. So let's go through these um, relatively quickly for you. So wide receiver, everybody's got Jamar Chase at the top of the board. Um, he's an absolute uh, stud and uh, going to be a great NFL player. You know, if the Lions could add up, um, you know, a guy like that would be great. I'm not huge on taking wide receivers, you know, in the top half of the first round. I, I feel like you can wait. Um, and find them but you get a couple you know depends where the lines are at with their current receivers so chase i got bateman up there from minnesota i got randale moore from purdue i've got waddle from alabama and i've got ross from clemson who obviously has the medical issues but he's just he always looked so silky smooth when i watched him just a big tall lanky athlete if his back or whatever's going on with him checks out okay you know he'd be somebody i'd take you know in the mid mid later rounds once he falls just because if my medical team is good with it like he's a he's a talented guy man so it'd be worth the roll of the dice um when you're looking at tackles i mean you got the kid from oregon up top um swell swell i don't remember how they pronounce it but you know who he is top left tackle from oregon i mean he's gonna go really high you got little from stanford and you've got Cosme uh, from Texas there. Those are kind of the three names I pulled out that are most interesting to me when you're talking about some of the top talents, uh, guys you can get at a good value. Um, interior linemen, I, I like Humphrey from Oklahoma. I think he can play center. He can play guard, you know, a good football player. You know, again, Lions have spent so many meat and potatoes picks on those type of players that I just don't see how they could go that well again in the top couple rounds. But you know, Humphrey's a good football player and offensive line. We've always said if you get a good offensive line, you can maybe do some things here in Detroit. So, you know, we got that. Let's move to the quarterbacks. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, if you're not picking in the top two or three, he'll be gone. Um, you, you've got Justin Fields there, who I mentioned from that school down south. And then you got Newman from Georgia, as well as Trey Lance from North Dakota. I mean, just depends. I, I really don't know what to say about Matt Stafford. I was hoping this would be a great year and we wouldn't have to talk about it, but we got to talk about it again because he's, you know, still paid for a couple of years. But if he's not getting us over the hump, might just need to trade him for, for picks and, and go get your guy in the draft. I don't know. Linebackers, you know, we got Parsons from Penn State. He's a he's an absolute stud. And Moses from Alabama. You know, those are two guys I'd love to have on the Lions. Defensive ends, the Lions need some damn pass rush. I mean, cannot get after the quarterback, can't do anything. So, uh, Rousseau, or Rousseau from uh, Miami, again, got to get these names down. Haven't seen enough on them, haven't uh, d d dug in yet the way I should. But you got Hutchins Hutchinson from Michigan. He's just an absolute workhorse. 
You've got Basham Jr., Wake Forest, Roche, also with the U, baby. That's that's for you, Benny Blades. Everybody check out my other podcast, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, in Lions with Benny Blades every week. That drops on Thursday mornings for you. Check that out. And then I also got Thomas, the big defensive end at Clemson. I put him down as well as a prospect that intrigues me. Defensive tackles. We got Wilson, the kid out of Florida State. I mean, this guy's gonna be gonna be great. I mean, the Lions, they need interior players as well, man. Wilson's a stud. You got Barrymore from Alabama, and uh, who's this other one I got on my list here? Twyman from from Pitt, defensive tackle. So those are three guys I had on my real short list here, and then. Again, you look at corners. I mean, if we could get AO and Okuda playing good football, I mean, you might be, you might have a nice core there between those two, but I feel like Justin Coleman's overpaid. I haven't seen enough really to, to love what Trufon has brought. So you got to go get yourself another corner. You can never have enough corners, as we always say. You got Wade from Ohio State, you got Sertan from Alabama. You got Farley, uh, Vodtech. That was the kid, I think, that sat out. He opted out, but he's going to be a top pick. And then, um, gosh, what do they have? It's like Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, you know Asante always made plays in the league at the corner position. So, you know, he could he could be in the mix as well. I mean, those are some of my, my draft somewhat targets or prospects. I mean, you just never know how all this would shake out. Um, when, when you look at uh, 2021 NFL free agents, I mean – um, you know, let me take a look here at my at my sheet. I mean, gosh, I had I had again wide receivers, um, kicker, tackle, more receivers. Um, brought back Taylor Decker, obviously, defensive ends. So, you know, uh, I I don't know. This is like way too early to look, but I mean, I think Judon is available. He's outside linebacker, rush player. He's good. You know, I don't remember if the Pittsburgh Steelers locked up to pretty long term, but he's really coming to his own as a defensive end. Um, gosh, you got you got Perryman, an inside linebacker that I've always sort of liked. You've got you got my boy uh, King from the uh, Chargers slot corner safety type player. He's coming up only 26 years old. You got Dalvin Tomlinson from Alabama. He's, he's up, I believe, this next year, defensive tackle. Uh, Ridgeway and Puna Ford were some other defensive tackles I had on my list. When you're talking wide receivers, I mean, Allen Robinson, he's got some Michigan ties, right? I mean, he could be somebody you look at for a couple years, take Marvin's place. You've got uh, – who else do I have here? You know, I put John Ross on my list, but he's played so terrible this year. He's not even active for the – Cincinnati Bengals, like, I feel like he doesn't have anything. It's it's sad to see a guy with that much speed and that much college production just kind of be nothing in the NFL. But, you know, that's out. Um, You've you got Curtis Samuel, who, who could be free. I mean, he's a very versatile piece, again, from that school down south. So if you want to go that route with Herb, you know, you might want to bring Samuel here to do some things. And then you got, you know, fringe players like Dee Westbrook, you know, Josh Reynolds over there with the Rams. You've got, um, you got Marvin Hall, who we have currently, you know, do you want to bring him back? You know, I can't remember. I think Ngakwe got locked up. Um, I think he signed long-term, didn't he, or just that one-year franchise with the Vikings. But 
he was on my list. So pl- plenty more work to do on the draft and free agency, but those are just kind of some names. You know, the way I think the Lions get this right, there's two ways it can go. Uh, there's probably more than two ways, but the two main ways I'm hoping for is that they just come out guns a-blazing after the bye, somehow get some things fixed and get healthy and, and beat up on what we got the Jaguars, the Falcons. The Colts will be a tough game. You know, at Minnesota, they're not playing great. Washington's not very good. Carolina's not very good. Houston's 0-4 and just fired their coach. Um, Chicago, you know, they're not very good. We we had them beat week one. And then you finish the season tough with Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and then and then the Vikings again. So you could go on a little run there in the middle of the year. I'm not saying you're going to win all those football games, but, you know, again, one win, three losses. Let's say you rip off three, four wins there. You're sitting at five and whatever. <clears throat> you know, get one or two of those last couple of games. I kind of think that's somewhat best case, case scenario at this point. Uh, worst case scenario is, like I say, they, they get they get beat by Jacksonville, lose Atlanta, maybe um, really look bad or something against the Colts, and then they make a change midseason. And, you know, then you're talking about, like, you know, again, those, those three, four wins. You're talking about picking at the top of the draft, you know, I know people love that scenario because they're just going to retool their team really quickly. But I think that's that's somewhat worst case scenario because then you're talking about starting all over. You're talking about, uh, you know, anywhere from two to five years kind of a rebuilding a roster and, and bringing in new people. And I know everybody on Twitter wants to tell me about the two or three success stories that came in, switched everything up and won right away. But it's not the norm. So. You know, I think Lions fans out there should root for, you know, only only four games into the season. You know, we're only one quarter, 25% of the season. So they, they could turn it around. They could win ball games. They could have just a ho-hum kind of year where it's like, hey, we won seven games. Like, it's not that bad. But everybody's freaking out because they've just seen just such poor play on the defensive side of the ball. They've seen such ridiculousness when it comes to, 35 straight points by the Saints when you were up 14 zip. You know, we're losing to Mitch Trubisky. We're, uh, gosh, it's just uh, getting just busted up by the Packers. Like, it's just after being ahead early. It's just all these things that are making people freak out. I think that it's just not normal looking football. It's not good football, and it's just very discouraging. But, you know, they, they don't have much time to sort of turn it around. We've seen it enough now where it's not an anomaly. It's not like, oh, you got blown out once or twice in a season. They're continuing to have struggles of holding leads, um, stopping anyone on defense, and the offense, like I've said, I, I like a lot of their offensive pieces, but to me they're not a special offense. They're not somebody that you fear. They're not somebody that is going to consistently produce. They're a pretty good offense in the NFL or, or above average, you know, it's not, it's not anything to write home about. So we'll see what happens. Detroit Kool-Aid. I know each week here, I'm always trying to pour out that Detroit Kool-Aid needs something positive. I'm, I'm from as frustrated as everybody else. I didn't expect the season going this way. A lot of the players that I sort of hung my hat on that were going to take the next step haven't done so at this point. There's still 75% of the season left. So they could still show up and show me, but I've seen too much bad play and I've seen too many bad habits and too much almost infighting. Even Deron Harmon was just kind of like, man, it's it's the player's fault. Like, we, we aren't working hard. We're not making plays. We're not hustling. We're not being fundamentally sound. We're not being consistent. Like, all those things just doom you as a, as a team, as a football player, and just as a, 
you know, as an organization right now. So I know everybody wants to put it on the coach, the GM, and they obviously have not won and have not been, you know, as good as you would like, obviously, but they are not the only people to blame. You know, there are guys out there that need to block, tackle, score touchdowns, catch the football, run the football, all those things that really win you ball games. So we'll see what happens. I'm very curious. I've given you both sides of the coin today where I'm totally fine if they do, um, you know, fire them both and and flip this whole thing over. And I'm also okay if they kind of ride it out um, with no guarantees to anybody and see how it plays. But I think there's going to be need some drastic changes as well as I just want to get back to watching really good football where every week we show up, not only we have a chance, but we don't have these crazy spells of not being able to stop anybody, not being able to sack the quarterback. We can't get turnovers. We can't consistently score points. All these things that are just, just so frustrating to me and all the Detroit Lions fans out there. So everybody, I don't have a ton of Kool-Aid for you. That's what I got. We'll see what happens. That's kind of my rebuild. What if scenarios gave you some draft picks, gave you some free agents to consider. Obviously, it's way too early, but we got to piece this thing together. We got to sort of figure out where this team is going and how they're going to get there. And I don't think we know. I don't think the ownership knows. And I don't think the story will be written until more of the season goes on. I mean, again, four games. We're at a bye week. We'll see in week six, seven, and eight what they do. And by then, I think we'll really know which way this needs to go, as well as is there any, uh, you know, anything around the corner, any silver lining, or is this just what are you waiting for? Let's blow this up and, and move forward with new new coach, new GM, new president, new players, new everything. Everybody, we'll see what happens. I'm going to continue to be optimistic, even though I'm frustrated. We'll catch you back here. On Friday, Grifka will have a show for you. I think he has a rant in uh, ready to go. I'm sure you probably know what that is, him just bagging on the team or him, you know, saying how wrong I've been or whatever the case may be. We'll see what he brings on a Friday show. And then next week we'll be back here right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast with me and Grifka. And um, who knows? We may have some guests. We, we Hopefully we'll be raring up to beat up on the Jacksonville Jaguars that week. And coming off a bye week, be ready to rock and roll. So, everybody, thanks so much for listening. That's all I got. Drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. You know, love this team regardless. You know, I want everybody to hang in there. So, when they do win, all of you guys can say, man, remember all those years where we just frustrated and we couldn't figure it out. Now we finally did. We won big. I want you guys all to be there. Not quit on this team, this organization, but... Expect excellence. I, I don't blame you for for getting upset when they're not winning and when they're not playing good football and when the draft picks aren't working out and the, the coaches aren't using talented players like Swift or, you know, the, the young choir kid, all these people. It's just kind of like, yeah, we, we don't have the answers right now. But it doesn't mean that they're not right around the corner or that you can't hang in there so that when they do get it right and they do win big and they end the playoffs and they have the home playoff game and they got the parade down Wilbur that you can be there and say, man, I've been here for years and years waiting for this day. And here it is. You know what I mean? That That's the Detroit Kool-Aid I'll leave you with. So everybody drink it in. Take care. Catch you next week. I'm out. Back to back. Start the Drink it in, man.